Well, Thanksgiving is coming. Thanksgiving is coming very quickly. It's a day of food. It's a day of football. It is a day of gratitude. Now, for many people, um, Thanksgiving is actually their, their favorite holiday of the year. I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about their, what their favorite holiday is, and the host was saying that, that Thanksgiving is her favorite holiday because you get a lot of the good stuff of Christmas, um, you know, family, goodwill, food, all the, the gathering together, but without the gifts and the consumerism and some of the stress that comes along with Christmas. Now, of course, Black Friday shopping has now not only started on Black Friday, but even on Thanksgiving Day itself, more and more stores are doing it. But still, Thanksgiving itself does not revolve around spending money, at least not yet. So the fourth Thursday of every November, we as a nation celebrate Thanksgiving. And for whatever reason, there's a handful of things that we only do pretty much once a year, and that, and that day is on Thanksgiving. One thing we do is, is we eat turkey, and then there's some debate, do we eat stuffing or do we eat dressing? And it depends who you ask, and I guess whether it was in the bird or not, I don't know. I just call everything stuffing, and I really like it. So we do that, and we eat pumpkin pie, or if you're in the South, and you do some buttermilk pie or chest pie, things like that. And one of the things that is completely dumbfounding to me is that not only do we watch football, but we watch the Detroit Lions. I, I guess it's tradition, but we, we have our traditions, so, so we do these things. Um, now, I, I found something out just, just recently, though. So I, so I did this Google image search, and I searched for the words, give thanks. And, and look what is up there. Do you notice a pattern? When I just typed in give thanks, what is, what is something that is overwhelming up there? leaves fall so we're going oh give thanks okay that's you know it's it's thanksgiving you know i didn't look up thanksgiving anything like that but i looked up give thanks so it would seem that eating turkey um and watching the detroit lions is not the only things that we do only once a year well as a pastor i'm also guilty of making thankfulness just an annual tradition you know how often have i done a sermon series on being thankful in, say, March or in April or anything like that. And then even when we do a sermon on Thanksgiving and thankfulness, it's generally like one sermon, right? Like the week before Thanksgiving, we go, okay, well, it's Thanksgiving time, so we should talk about being thankful because that's, that's an important thing and, and it's, what, it's what we should do. But still, we're doing, we're doing our sermon series right now. Now, um, so thinking of how people spend Thanksgiving and what they do, tradition is a big part of Thanksgiving. And each family will tend to have traditions, certain things that they will, that they will do. One of them is a little bit of a strange one. So you go and, and you have your turkey, you have your bird, and you rip this bone out of the middle of the turkey. And then two people, you know, yank it apart and they make a wish. So I'm, I'm wondering, um, I think there's different things that people will call this bone. What, what do most people in the room call that thing? A wishbone. Uh, Michelle, how did you grow up with, what, what were you saying? A pulley bone, all right? So Michelle's family, they're from Arkansas, and I, get, I don't know if it's an Arkansas thing or what, but you're, it's a southern thing. It's a pulley bone, all right? So, you know, you get your two people, and you, and you pull on your wishbone or on your pulley bone, um, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that it wasn't just Michelle's family that called it that, that other people do as well. Um, so so you, have, you have your wishbone. Um, now, another, another tradition people have and kind of a debate, and people do it their way and only their way, is how do you do your cranberries? You know, do you do, you know, your cranberry, you know, 
like a relish sauce kind of thing, or do you do the can, you know, where you open it up and, and it drops down on and it's got, and you slice it up and all that. I always grew up with like homemade. My mom would actually make the cranberry relish and, you know, chop up like orange peel in there and stuff. And it was, it was, it was all that I knew and I enjoy it. Um, Maybe you have the tradition of playing a backyard game of football or maybe going on like a turkey trot run or something like that. Or there's some people who watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Well, another tradition um, that people will tend to, to have around the Thanksgiving dinner table is asking the question, you know, what are you thankful for this year? So you'll do that around, around the table and people go around and they take their turn. I remember when I was in high school, for some reason this has really stuck with me, um, I was at a youth group event and we were in kind of the, the, the sanctuary area and we were around the communion table and the youth director had us go and share around the circle, what are you thankful for? And if I'm honest, um, a lot of the time it feels a little forced, sometimes it feels a little awkward going, okay, what, what am I gonna say? And then you have that stressful moment, maybe it's just me, but you're going around the room and everybody's sharing their thing and, and you're going, oh, please don't take my answer, please don't take my answer, I was gonna say family. And then someone says family and you go, Gee. okay, um, I, I'm thankful for the, for the dog um, and for our house. So I mean, you try and come up with something and it feels a little stressed and it feels a little awkward. If you're a kid, you're probably going like, oh man, this is just something that mom and dad are making me do. I know we should do it, it's important. And then as a parent, you're going, yeah, we should really do this, this is a really good thing. And, and so it can just feel, am I the only person who feels a little awkward doing that sometimes? All right, it's not just me, thank you, Diane. I, I appreciate the, the solidarity there. So it just sometimes feels a little bit awkward. I know we should do it, I know it's a good thing to do, but sometimes it doesn't just flow right out. See, we know that it's important not only to do it that day, you know, it is Thanksgiving, so we should spend some time giving thanks, um, but it's important for us to be grateful. It's important for us to look at the things that God has given to us and to be thankful for those things. You know, we teach children that it's important to say thank you and hope that one day they will just do that on their own without being asked to say thank you. Not because, not even because we've trained them or just because it's a habit, but because they are kind people, they're appreciative people. We also like it when people thank us for things, when we, when we do things and people thank us. You know, a small thing, like you hold the door open for somebody, you let somebody in in traffic and you kind of hope for the little wave and things like that. Or maybe next level things, you know, when you, when you make dinner for someone, when you do laundry, it's great to have someone say thank you for it. Or even for the big things, when, when our family, when our friends, when people are there for us and supporting us in the important moments of life, it's just nice to hear thank you. Well, being grateful is important. Being grateful strengthens our relationships. It makes us better people, and it actually makes our own lives, when we're appreciative people, it makes our own lives more enjoyable. Um, author Melody Beatty put it this way, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Well, as Christians, we know that being grateful is not only important, but it's actually a part of our DNA. Now, whether I embrace that, whether I live in that is another question, but it's a part of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. 
Well, one reason why gratitude is so important to who we are, and it's, an, it's kind of the central, central part of, of who we are, is that God's word directly commands us to give thanks. There are many different passages. We're going to look at several passages today. Um, and it's funny because the, 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 the passage that I'm saying, okay, this sermon is based on Psalm 100, um, I mean, it really could just be based on pretty much all the Psalms and many of the writings of Paul and many, many other passages of Scripture. But one of the key ones is Psalm 136, verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So we are told directly to give thanks to God. But what's interesting to me is that this is no heavy-handed edict saying, You shall, thou shalt give thanks to God. Psalm 136.1 is a grateful follower of God who is inviting us to join them in joyful thanksgiving. That's really what it is. It's saying, give thanks to God for he is good, his love endures forever. It's not like, you better do this thing. It is a thankful follower inviting us to join. Well, I would say one person who understood the depth of God's goodness and the depth of God's enduring love is the Apostle Paul. Listen to these words that he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 through 14. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. See, Paul didn't just tell us, well, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to be thankful people. What he did was he overflowed with thanksgiving because he had experienced the grace of God. See, like Paul, we should be thankful people because we know the fact that the wages of sin is death, as we read in Romans. But thanks be to God, we've been saved by grace through faith and not by our works. So, in addition to just God's word tells us that we should be thankful people, we've experienced grace. I've looked at my life and I've said that the wages of sin is death. My, the consequences for me, the way that I'm living my life, no matter how hard I try, is death. But I have been saved by grace. You have been saved by grace. Now, one of the things, so, so I, I, I did this study on Paul and I, and I did this study on, on thankfulness in Scripture. And I looked up thanks and thank and thank you and thanksgiving and thankful and all these different ways that you could say the word thank you in Scripture and, and kind of looked through them all and over and over again, um, the person who was the greatest author of all those things was, was Paul, as we mentioned. But what's great about Paul is most of the time that he is thanking God, it is not for things that God has given to him. 1 Corinthians 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 4. I always thank my God for you. Why? Because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you. Why? Because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
Paul is an incredibly thankful person over and over and over again as he's writing these letters to people. And it's not even, like I said, it's not even, wow, look at the great things that God has done for me. He mentions that. He is incredibly thankful for the work that God has done in his life. But he is overjoyed. He is overflowing with thanksgiving for what God is doing in other people's lives. Which is pretty astonishing. I don't know if anybody else that kind of strikes you in any way or not. But I know for me it was... It was amazing to see the joy that Paul had, the thanksgiving that Paul had because of the great things that God was doing in other people's lives. And I wonder for myself as I'm praying, how often am I thankful? One, when I'm praying to God, how often am I thanking him for things as opposed to telling him all the things I want him to do? But even when I'm thanking him for things, how often am I thanking him for the great things that God is doing in other people's lives, for the fact that he has shown my family love that he has shown my family his grace and his salvation so the people of god are overjoyed and grateful for the grace of god both in our own lives and especially in the lives of others about once a week maybe once every other week um, i get a phone call and it says it's from Texas, but I know the truth is that it is coming from Tehachapi, California. There is a California state prison there, and I know that I'm getting a phone call from a friend of mine named Ryan. Now, Ryan is finishing up his time. He's been serving a three-year sentence in Tehachapi there, and he calls me and we talk. Now, like most of us, Ryan has had, um, his faith has had its ups and its downs. It's had its mountaintops and its deserts. But about for the last year or so, um, Ryan has been growing a lot in his faith and his walk with God. He's been reading his Bible every day. He's been praying every day. He's been going to church there in prison. He's been participating and helping out with that. He's been doing Bible studies with friends while he's in prison. Well, a month ago, before I was getting too deep into this process of studying about Thanksgiving, um, Ryan mentioned to me that part of his devotional time every single day that he does is he will list off and he will thank God for five things every single day. Now, sometimes those things are repeating. Sometimes there's, there's things that he is thankful for every day that, that come back over and over again. And, and then every day there's also new things. There's different things that he is thankful for. He said one of the things that he thanks God for every day is his parents. Now, one, he does this because his parents really are great people. I know them pretty well. And they have been supportive and loving to him through his life, through his trial, through his conviction, through his sentencing, through his time in prison. They have been supportive and they have been loving. But he also thanks God because he's looked around him and he's seen all these other men in prison there who don't have loving parents parents who are gone, parents who are drug dealers, drug addicts, abusive. Ryan said he also thanks God for things like clean water. Now he said he even thanks God for clean water on the days when they have to boil their water. Like right now they have to boil their water because there's something going wrong with the sewer pipes, so they have to boil their water. But he thanks God for the fact that he has the ability to boil water so that he can have clean water because otherwise he'd be drinking garbage but he is thankful for that. See, prison has given Ryan tremendous appreciation for the things that we tend to take for granted. Now, on a smaller scale, um, I would say that most of us have experienced something similar, and maybe not something identical, um, but something maybe similar. 
An example that came to mind for me was, you ever have a cold and you get really congested and you go, man, I just want to be able to breathe. You know, and you get like one nostril that starts to work and you go, okay, I can halfway breathe now. And then finally your nose clears up and you're so happy, you're so thankful for breath. Or if you're in Germantown and we get the crazy rainstorms, for some reason our neighborhood tends to be immune from this, but when, when we get the really crazy storms, what happens? We lose electricity, right? So you lose electricity, you can't turn on any light switches, and one of the most frustrating things, you can't open your refrigerator because otherwise your food's gonna spoil, right? So you have it gone, maybe it's gone for a few hours or some neighborhoods it'll be gone for a day or two, and then when you finally, you know, you hear the beep and, you, and the light switches, everything comes back on, you are so thankful to have electricity again. But what happens an hour after you can breathe again? What happens 30 minutes, 20 minutes after electricity is turned back on? We just go right back to it. No longer thankful, that's just how it is. Hey, this is great, we're back to normal. You don't even think, I don't, okay, I'll speak for myself. I'm not gonna say you. I don't even think about it anymore. We just get used to those things that we have. Although we have countless reasons to be thankful every day, it would seem as though we've grown accustomed, maybe even entitled, to having what we need and what we want. I would say that it even seems as though we've gotten used to God's grace. We live as though it's a normal thing that we can pray. We live as though it's a normal thing that we can go to God directly. We don't have to request a moment for him. We don't try and have to try and set up an appointment to talk to God. We don't have to go through somebody else. We think that life and breath and relationships just happen naturally. But all of these things and many, many, many more happen only because the God of the universe makes them happen. And he makes it happen because he is good and his love endures forever. So what we're going to do from this week and then, and then moving forward for the next few weeks is we're, gonna def- we're going to focus on developing hearts of gratitude. We're going to focus on giving thanks to God very specifically. As we read a few minutes ago, Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. When we are grateful people, when we recognize this, when we give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his love endures forever, when we actually live in the reality of that verse and think about the reality of that verse, I'd say there are a few things, I'm going to list off three things, I think there's more than that, but three big things that happen. When you become a grateful person, when you become a thankful person, when you give thanks to the Lord for he is good, I would say there are three kind of main results that come from that, and those are the three topics that we're going to look at these weeks. The first is that giving thanks to God leads me to worship. The second is that giving thanks to God leads me to peace. And the third is that giving thanks to God leads me to live differently. So today we're starting with the most obvious one. The most obvious result of being thankful people is that giving thanks to God leads me to worship. Now, we've already read a handful of scriptures about this idea of people giving thanks to God, but the passage that I think clearly demonstrates this connection the most is, this, is Psalm 100, the one that we are focusing on today. Psalm 100, verse 1 through 5 is the entirety of it. It says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. 
Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Now there's a whole lot to unpack in there. That's probably a passage you've heard before. It's a passage that is, is read in worship fairly often in different churches. There's a lot to unpack, but I want to focus on one small section in there. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. See, when we come to worship, not just when we come to this place, but that is part of it, but when we come to worship either physically in this place or, or when we are alone in prayer or when we are out in nature in, the, in, in God's creation, we are invited into the very presence of God. In Psalm 100, we're called to enter his presence and to do so intentionally and joyfully and with thanksgiving. Uh, six years ago, almost exactly, um, we took a family trip to, to New England and we spent some time um, in Boston specifically and it was during the playoffs, the baseball, sorry, specifically the, the baseball playoffs because that's, that's my game, you know that. Um, yeah, you know what I meant. Thank you, Brad. Um, so we went there, and the amazing thing is, is as we're, we're heading out on this trip, we were given tickets to go to the American League Championship Series, Game 6, and it was actually the game, I mean, spoiler, it was when the, the Red Sox beat, I think it was the, um, the Tigers, Game 6, they clinched it, and they, and they got to go to the World Series at that point. So, but what I remember um, very specifically about that trip is walking in, and I think that was, we were on Lansdowne Street, so we're walking down Lansdowne Street. If you've ever been to Fenway, it's an amazing place. So we're walking into Fenway, there, we're walking down Lansdowne Street, and there's, and there's the gate that's ahead of us, and I am so excited. To, it was my second time ever going to Fenway, but I was so excited to walk through those gates, you know, and they're checking our bags, and I'm all, I'm all pumped, I'm like practically skipping and, and Michelle's going yeah you were pretty excited um and then and we we walk through the gate and then you come in and, the, and that's a view from our seats right there and and you walk down and there's a field in front of you and there's a sign that says Fenway and there's the green monster off to the right and I was so excited to walk through the gates and to come into that place and I was so thankful because those tickets were given to us and it was this amazing moment I was giddy What if we came into God's presence in that way? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. Well, God's word also shows us that thankfulness leads us not only to, to worship, but it leads us to meaningful and impactful worship. Listen to the words of Psalm 9, verse 1 and 2. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. 
when I focus my heart, when I focus my prayers, when I focus my life, when I focus my worship, when I remember the grace of God with no distractions, with nothing else, nothing half-hearted, nothing obligatory, nothing, well, I guess I'm thankful for this. I'm drawn to the heart of God. I'm amazed by his love. Well, the final passage I want to read for us today is Colossians 3, verse 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we have entered his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, we are called to sing to God with gratitude in our hearts. Now, whether you have a beautiful tone or a voice only your mother would love, this is one of those times when it's the thought that counts. 100% it is the thought that counts. See, we want to give God our best. We want to give God the best of what we have, but the best that you can give to God is a heart that worships him, is a heart that is singing to him. It is a heart overflowing with thanksgiving. Well, my goal for today is, one, just to talk about this, this whole idea of thanksgiving and how that flows over into our worship, but I want to do more than just encourage you and encourage myself because you realize that most of the time when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to anybody else. I want to do more than just say, you know, we should really be thankful people. Man, I really hope that we can be more thankful people because it's going to make a difference in our lives. My goal for today is very specific. And I want to give us some steps on how we can live it out. So it's that kind of question that I'll ask a whole lot of the time. Okay, now what? Happy Thanksgiving. Now what? What are we going to do with it? So I want to ask you to do a few things. And one of, and one of those things I'm going to ask you to do for a week. Okay, so if you look on, on the seats that are close by you, either in your seat or next to you, you should find one of these cardstock pieces of paper, and it says seven days of thanks. Sunday, November 10th, Monday, November 11th, so on and so forth, through next Saturday. And if you look, it says one, two, and three. So what I'm going to ask you to do and what I'm going to ask me to do is to write down each day this week, whether it's in the morning, whether it's the afternoon, whatever time is best for you, write down three things for which you are thankful Okay, so Ryan, like I said, my, my friend in prison, he does five things a day. I'm just asking us for three. If you've got time and you start on a roll, because there's times when I start thinking about the things I'm thankful for where it just kind of keeps going. Well, I'm going to ask us to do this every day this week. And I know that's a stretch for some people. For some people, it's like, well, shoot, I already do that. Okay, great, continue doing that. And then if you normally do three, then do four, or do five, whatever it may be. So I'm going to ask you to write them down on this card. Now, if you notice, I, I scrounged and I found a handful of pens. There should be a pen at least on every row. And I'm going to ask you, don't only take this thing home and put it in your Bible or put it in your car and leave it sitting there, but we're actually going to start right now. And I'm going to invite you, I don't, I don't know exactly how we're doing on time, but we're okay, um, is 
I'm gonna ask you just to write down a couple things before you leave this room today. So one, the first thing I'm asking you to do is to write those down today, write those down tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then to not only write them down, but to actually thank God for them. Because there's a difference there, right? There's a difference between saying, well, I'm really thankful for this and this and this. But to say, I'm gonna write these down and then in my time of prayer today, God, thank you for the fact that Ryan has clean water. God, thank you for the fact that my family knows you, my family worships you, so on and so forth. You can thank God for what he's done for you and for those you love. You can thank God for the fact that he didn't wash his hands of us after Adam and Eve. God could have given up on us after Adam and Eve. He could have gone, I gave you paradise and you blew it. God could have given up on us so many times, but you can thank God for the fact that he did not. You can also thank God. One of the things that Ryan pointed out to me in one of our conversations was he said, you know, there's times when I thank God for the fact that he's done things for me that I have no idea he ever did them. There are times when God protects us throughout the day and we have no clue that he did something. Times that he has kept us safe, times that he has protected us from doing something really dumb and wouldn't even recognize it. Thank God for those times. So number one, I'm gonna ask you to write down and to pray for these things. And the second is to actually pray. One is to pray, is to thank God for the things on your list. And the second is to pray for a thankful heart because it's great to go through the process and go through the steps and say, I'm gonna thank God for all these different things. But again, what God is looking for, what God is hoping to do in our lives is a heart change and to change how we look at life, how we look at ourselves, how we look at our surroundings and how we look at him. So that is the second thing I want you to pray for is to pray to have a thankful heart. And I guess the final thing, here's a bonus one, is next time you pray, spend two minutes praying, but the only thing you do in your prayer is thank God. Don't ask him for anything. Don't confess anything. Don't, don't anything like that. Just spend time thanking God for something for two minutes. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to do just that. We're going to spend some time in prayer. Um, Now, I don't know how many people have written anything down on their cards because I told you to do it and then I didn't give you time to do it. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray and then maybe when the band is coming up here, um, you can spend some time writing those things down. And it's okay if we're singing a song, it's okay to write while we're singing a song. You're still worshiping because the goal is to worship. The goal is not to sing. The goal is to worship. That takes various forms of singing and praying and things like that or writing down things you're thankful for. But maybe use that time, sing, write, pray, worship during that time. So let's pray. Well, Father, thank you. Thank you. Lord, it's so easy for me to say thank you and then move on to the next. But Lord, thank you for being our God. Thank you for calling us to prayer. Thank you for calling us to worship. Thank you for calling us to this place. Lord, thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for the fact that we can get into a vehicle, we can leave our home, and we can come here, and we can worship you safely in freedom. We can worship you joyfully. We can gather together with other people who love you and love us. We can sing your praises because we have a band and we have people who lead us in worship. We can come and we can read the words on the, on the screen because there's someone who has come and is putting those words up there. We can have sound because people have done that. We can collect an offering because people do that. Lord, there are so many things that happen because you've called people to do them. You've given people the ability to do them. But Lord, above all, we thank you for the fact that you are our God. You are our Savior. You are our Redeemer. 
Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for hope. I thank you for life. I thank you for so many things. Lord, thank you for reminding us to pray. Thank you for reminding us to come before you and to count our blessings and to to remember what you have done. We give thanks to the Lord for you are good. Your love endures forever. We worship you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.